I'm Frank Andorka, Editorial Director of Solar Power World Magazine, and I'm here with the members of the HDPV Alliance here at InterSolar North America in beautiful San Francisco. Tell me, what was the, what was the impetus behind the HDPV Alliance? What was the motivating factor for all of you to get together and form this group? What we recognized was that there was a, a different way to build PV systems and we called it distributed power conversion architecture. It's putting some electronics in the field and marrying that with a central inverter as well. And there are benefits to that sort of architecture, but it's a new architecture. And the benefits of that architecture require that uh, many players in the, in the value chain, from module companies to junction box manufacturers, to balance of system providers, to inverter companies, to software companies, get together, recognize the architecture, and and participate in, in making that architecture real. As soon as we realized that, we thought uh, this is a, a good example to get, get this done right and create standards. And so the mission of the HDPV Alliance is to bring participants together, manufacturers, and to put in place standards so that each of our companies can remain competitive but also know that our products will be interoperable both to make it easier on our customers and also to plan our product roadmaps going forward. For the rest of you, what was what was all of, that's that's a great idea and certainly the, the industry needs more standards. How do you go about making those taking the standards that you guys create and making them really truly industry standards? <laughs> well, that's a great question, and I think I'll address that by, by stating really simply, the technology has outstripped uh, the standards right now. The technologies, Scholl's technologies, AMP's technologies, all inverter technologies in general, everything's moving way faster than the standards can move. Your traditional IEEE 1547, your UL standard, and, and at the same time, we're at a, a time of consolidation in the industry, and we believe we have some pretty unique solutions. And, and we need to put together clear, straightforward, written instructions on how these pieces of technologies work. In terms of getting that adopted in terms of you know, regulatory standard bodies, it's not difficult. We, you've got to just negotiate the testing standard uh, with the regulatory bodies. And 1741, you know, it's a negotiable standard for the most part. You can negotiate how it's tested. I've already gone and secured a number of quotes from uh, the NERDLs, the Nationally Renewable Test Laboratories, for what would be standardized testing for different pieces of the interoperable technology. Because um, you're gonna have to have a different test sequence for inverters, combiner boxes, and modules. And the sooner we get something published, feedback from those technology partners, and then negotiate some of these standards and tests, then we get to go through a couple cycles, and then as the standards are revised, we need to make sure we fill in those holes. So it's really just a standard cycle and it jumping on board with the existing regulatory environment, which is moving too slow. This is a way of speeding it up a little, so to speak. Who do you meet with? What do you? Who, how did the standards get created? What is that process like well, for we, you guys? I mean, we started, foundationally, the first standard we needed to put in place was the standard that, that governs the, the interaction between the central inverter and the field electronics. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, that was that's the first, in fact we've we've just published that standard um, today and, and, and put out a press release on that timed with InterSolar. So that's our first HDPV stand inverter standard. Um, but you know, standards body don't drive the market. Customers and and 
and technology suppliers drive the market. So for example, Scholes, and, and Ben is here representing Scholes today, Scholes has had a, 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 a junction box that they, they created because the market was demanding it. And maybe Ben can tell you a little bit about that, but that's an example where you know there was no standard in place but it's becoming the de facto standard, and it's a, it's a standard that HTPV has embraced even though we didn't create it. Right. <clears throat> Just to follow up with what uh, Mark said, uh, Multilink is, was essentially created about three or four years ago now with the vision of having module-embedded power electronics in the back of every glass that's out there. Uh, we realized that there were some problems with, uh, with prices, um, so how do we create a standard that everyone can plug into and that was the multi-link junction box. So it, essentially what it enables everybody to do, system owners, is to use the multi-link junction box as a universal docking station um, and then essentially plug in any power electronics that they would desire to plug into it over the course of 25 years. What it enables the system owner to do is to upgrade the system for up to 25 years. Um, and we all know that as this market consolidates, and the technology gets better over the course of you know the next couple of years. More chances than not is the boards are going to get smaller. Everything's going to get smaller. Um, so how do we make product for that to happen? And the, the best solution is the multi-link. Um, and and over, over the course of the next couple of years, when the prices consolidate and get uh, better and better, and the product technology gets better and better, everyone will be able to use. Uh, cost-effective solution for that. Really what the HTPV Alliance is trying to do is see into the future and create systems that are going to be, well they're going to continue to evolve because they're going to have to, but but it sounds to me like what, what Ben was talking about was the fact that he's, they've created a box that people will be able to plug into from now even as standards change going forward. Is that, am I understanding that right? Is that sort of what, what you guys are trying yeah. to do? Yeah, that, that's right. There is a future-proofing of a PV system, which is what Ben is referring to and you're referring to. There's also just, um, you know, at the front end, providing choice. And so, you know, the, the, com you know, the company that I work for, AMP, we make a distributed converters, optimizers. Uh, but we recognize that others are in the space. And so when we looked for a junction box, uh, platform, uh, we found Shoals, and we recognize that others' electronics plug into it, and it, that's part of our ethos is to have a standard in place. If there isn't one created, if there if one exists that gets the job done and customers want it, then adopt it. Uh, so it's both providing choice, regulated choice today, so everyone knows what the options are, and then future-proofing the system. When you're talking about about customers demanding the systems. Are, are we talking about solar end users? Are we talking about other manufacturers? What are we talking about? And, and if we're talking about actual consumers, how do you get there? How do you, how do you tell them the story? Well, you know, it, it's a process. Um, you know, with any, with any innovation, there are early adopters and, and some slow adopters. For us, we, for, for my company, we're focused on larger systems, and so the natural sales cycle for AMT is uh, longer. Um, so we've gotten to know our customers very well, uh, and it was clear to us that uh, on larger systems, you needed to have a collection of partners. Each one was uh, innovative in their own way, but collectively moving ahead together. Uh, so you know, we're not trying to spread the message to 
homeowners. Mm -hmm. We're simply, you know, we're talking to utility scale, you know, large rooftop and, and utility scale um, developers. I'm going to go up just one level real quick. So at the highest level, when we talk customers, everyone wants a lower cost system, a higher performing system. So I just want to go all the way up to the top, right? The, the idea of part of this alliance is the recognition that in order to get that level of sophistication, you're going to have to push the envelope on technology. And when you do that, things get difficult to work together. So we're at, again, we're at that juncture where technology is pretty mature right now when we're doing. It's getting a little more mature, but we're not going to see 99% efficient inverters. We're, we're about there. So how do you make it work better? How do you make it yield more? How do you make it cost less? The answer is you got to combine some of the product solutions that we have somewhat agnostically. You can use an LTI inverter if you want, or a Keiko inverter, or Right, and then the price goes down, then the performance goes up. So when you talk about customer demand, I would say the entire industry yeah. is our customer. They don't realize it and recognize it yet. Some do, some of the early adopters. And then to go farther on the multi-link J-Box, you know, this is a, a very simple way of, of future-proofing and also breaking the sole source. If you can say, look, I'm gonna buy your module, it's got this box, it can be replaced, I'm not really worried about what happens at year 10. Because look at all the guys who are out of business nowadays. So you can see collectively in that statement what we're all trying to do, future-proofing, removing the sole source, answering our, the industry's call, really, to higher performance, lower cost. So our, our customers at a fundamental level is anyone who's interested in solar. They just don't understand it yet. Correct. The other complicated part about it is uh, the architecture is different, and you need to go as a team in, into the customer because if, if AMP is just there saying, here's my great device, you need to find out how to use it and find all your supply chain, <laughs> not going to be very successful at that. So you have to go in there and, at, 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 and I think these are the three, four component levels in terms of the AMP, the inverters, and some of the balance of system stuff. They have to work together as a system from a module perspective. It's a lot more interoperability there just inherently. Just, as long as they have the multi-link, you just plug it in. It doesn't right. I'm not so sensitive to that, but for the core and most of the value proposition at the system level in terms of where cost is coming out is amongst the three of us. So um, that's why the, it has to be a collaboration. Let me ask you if, if, I've got, if I'm hearing you guys correctly. What you're suggesting, at least I, I think you're suggesting, what I'm hearing is that you all get together and then you come in as a, as a sort of a one-stop shop system. You get your parts together and you take it to somebody and you say, look, all of our uh, systems work together, that's why you should go with this collection of... Well, it, it's actually not quite that systematic. Uh, <laughs> so, so first of all, uh, this while this is a, a customer-focused alliance, um, it's not an HDPV product. Um, so we're an alliance of companies who are doing, who are doing, you know, doing the right thing at the front end with standards and pre-testing and you know making sure that our roadmaps merge. But on the sales side, we're independents. Uh, and so in fact you know, we're competitors. In fact we're competitors. So you know it's it, it, <laughs> it, it will happen that members in the alliance, whether you're a module company or an inverter company or a software company, will compete for business. And that's the way it really should be. Okay. And, and the reality right. too is there's so much piece of the pie for everybody to have that not one inverter company, not one module manufacturer, not one junction box supplier will be able to handle all the demand for what we have out there. So people are gonna have their fair share in the market. So And from a practical standpoint, you know, somewhat you know, one person from one company will have a an opportunity and we'll talk to the customer and maybe they have a predisposition to a particular 
product from maybe a, an existing member or maybe a new member. And that's how it grows organically. How many companies are currently with the Alliance and are you looking to expand the membership? We are. I, I, I believe the latest uh, number is 15 companies. Um, uh, JA Solar just um, is, pro I think, the most recent member to join. And we are looking for members. You know, membership is, is free in the sense that we're not trying to just aggregate dollars, marketing dollars, and be a marketing organization. That's not our mission. So membership is free, but uh, participation is not free. In other words, you need to, um, if there's a standard, you need to adopt the standard. Clearly, there's a um, you know requirement that your product um, you know functions in a particular way. So um, so it requires effort, and there's a qualification process. But uh, yes, we are looking for members, uh, folks who are interested in being you know having an advantage in the market. What we think is an advantage. And also, who share the vision of sort of this distributed architecture? From a, let's look at the industry as a whole, because one of the things that, that I don't, I haven't quite cracked this nut yet. This is something that I think we need to crack as an industry. So it's great for all of us to show up at places like InterSolar and SPI and talk to each other about how awesome solar is and how it's the technology of the future. But for me, the key, the, the turning point for the industry will be when we really get a chance to talk to consumers, whether that be commercial utility or even down to the residential level. I'd love to get your thoughts on how you get there because there are so many very powerful forces arrayed uh, telling it the counter story to the good story that solar has to tell. How do we get through that noise and get to the consumer to encourage them to adopt our technology? That's a pretty broad question. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take a swag at it because uh, if you want me to, but I would say we're already there for the most part. And, and you know, I've been in the industry, what, 11 or 10, 12 years? I remember when you couldn't sell solar. Today, with the advent of the different financial packages out there and some of the new technology packages that we're discussing, again, the cost is going down to the point where it is an attractive solution. Uh, I, I we're not quite at the crossing the moors chasm, if you're familiar with that methodology, but we're right in the center of the chasm. So I, I think with the current momentum we have, I'm not sure something new has to be done, quite frankly. I think we're moving the right direction. It's a matter of watching you know, the time click off. It's almost like that McDonald's sign, one billion served. We're gonna cross that chasm and you'll buy a DVD player for 50 bucks, right? We all remember what they used to cost. So I, you know, maybe call me an optimist, but I've also been through some pretty hard knocks in this industry. You really can't stop it. We've weathered a significant amount of storm. The only thing that could stop this industry right now would be some massive tax legislation, a global calamity. Uh, we find out silicon's poisonous, right? Or something <laughs> foolish like that. Um, or, or 2016 happening. So I think between now and 2016, we'll get there. And you know, with solutions like this that offer a true promise of increasing performance without going to exotic materials, which is what you have to to get there, and that's still five to ten years off. This is just saying, I have some tech pieces of technology, if I twist the knobs a little, and I make them play together, and I document it, they'll play really well together. And so we just believe that's another arrow in the quiver of making everyone go, yeah, solar, we get it, right, we get it. So again, optimist, pessimist, realist, I'm not sure what you'd call myself. I believe it's already there and it's going to continue to happen. Or I wouldn't be in the industry. I'd go to battery storage. 
So that is that's going to be the next breakthrough. Yeah, that's my next one. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, that's, that's sort of where we all need to go.